Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Mason, Mark Latham, Scott Dorward, and Paul Fricker, and it's available from the Chaosium website. I'm the GM, and this is episode 32. We aren't going to do a recap tonight, except to say that Felix is dead on the lawn of Philip Church's house, torn to shreds in front of the investigators. They've called the police in their fear and sorrow, and now, what will they do? Let's continue our journey into the darkness. All right, so you've all, in terror, uh, headed back to the club after calling the police. Um, What are you going to do? You go inside. Well, gentlemen, I'm sure you, we can all stand a double brandy all around. Brandy, brandy, yes, 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 brandy, definitely brandy, 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 ah, right there. Start we uh, we can't keep driving Felix's car around indefinitely, um, and uh, his staff. Well, he and they had special arrangements. So as soon as we feel fortified, rather than waiting until tomorrow, uh, we might as well uh, go and break the news. Uh, Although I don't know how we break that news exactly. Um, I will say this, Patrick. I feel entirely certain that those weren't men in cloaks. Um, I specifically, saw... I feel that those figures who were taller than men and whom I could see light through were Ugalos. Do you recall those from the literature? Um, I mean, yeah, they were mythological creatures. And... I saw two hooded figures stabbed to death our friend. That's what I saw. What what shape were their hoods? Uh, they, I don't know. Just big. like Big. Like lion heads. Or like two big dock workers. But their heads were... Their bodies were enormous and their heads were enormous for their bodies. I think you saw... I think you saw less than was there. You noticed uh, Felix's wounds. They were like that fellow we ran into in the Sips Museum. Montfort. Yes, the poor, poor Mr. Montfort. Well, uh, Audrey, you may need to take a holiday. You've talking cats, cat men. Re- <laughs> regardless of all this rigmarole, I think we need to... Yes, holiday. To, to speak to his staff face to face before the police inform them, we owe them that at least. Yes, that's a good. That's a good point about the police. In fact, who knows how quickly they'll identify Felix's body? And yeah, there was, you know, curious business afoot. Yes, being that he was a little light-handed at times, I'd rather not see any other trouble befall the household. 
the death is enough. Maybe they need to clean something up. I can't believe I'm even saying this stuff. But we owe it to him. I wonder why, or not why, but I wonder what the cops make of all this. I mean, come on, let's be realistic. Even if you are not the killer, if you wake up and there's a dead body under your lawn, there's going to be questions involved. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons I wanted to make sure that the authorities were called promptly so that Mr. Church's name was involved. You know, if we give him a little more time, his minions or something might have done something with Felix's corpse. Uh, question for the GM. Mm -hmm. At this time, would they be able to trace a call or could an operator tell the police where a call came from? If they no. no. I'm going to ask for Sykes to bring the phone. All right. Uh, gentlemen, yes, I think we, we should put it in. Uh, can you please fetch me the phone with the very long cable? Uh, yes, sir, of course. Uh, Audrey, I think we should call an anonymous tip and say that we saw somebody at a separate call, not that we called already, and say that the people came out of that house and attacked him. That way the police have reason to investigate that house. Well, surely if he's on the, if he's guided on the man's lawn, they're going to question yeah, him as well. Still circumstantial, but if somebody calls into an anonymous tip, there's even more pressure to enter the domicile. I have I no objection. Know. Those people were connected with that house and they killed our friend. I want to jam them up as best as I can. Yeah, good idea. I have no objection. So I call local yeah. police. I don't state my name. I just say the address of the house. I was across the street walking my dog. Two gentlemen came out of that house, attacked the man. I went back into that house and I hang the phone up. All right. So you don't give them a chance to ask any questions for you or anything? Nothing. I was. I'm, I live across across from there. I was walking my dog. I live a block or two away. So two gentlemen come out, stab this poor gentleman, and walk back in the house. And I hang up the phone. All right. I hope it was a, a small dog. Um. Patrick, do you want another brandy before we drive over to uh, Felix's house? Yeah. Steady one, the nerves. I, I was going to say, one right, foot of the road. I swig it back, and uh, I think we should get there better sooner than later. Yeah, you're very much right about beating the police there. All right. So it's about, it's in the evening now. Um. Uh, you're going to drive over to Felix's? Correct. All right. Uh, you, put, you pull up to Felix's. You can see the lights are on the way they always are. Um, uh, you pull into the driveway the same, same way you always do in Felix's car. Um, and uh, 
Belvedere comes out to open the door the way he always does. Uh, gentlemen, please. Uh, Belvedere, we need to talk to you and any other, any other of your staff that was close to... And I just look him in the eyes and I'm like, uh, Felix is gone. I, I hate to tell it to you this way, but I think you were the closest one to him. Well, so perhaps we should go inside for now. Um, Pat him on the back. So you go into the living area where you've been a hundred times. And uh, Belvedere says, am I understanding you correctly that uh, Mr. Matthews will no longer be with us? Unfortunately, yes. I see. He walks over to a uh, sort of a glass curio thing on the wall, and uh, you see him unlock it and open it up, and he reaches inside, and there is an envelope uh, that he takes down, and it's got a black ribbon tied around it, and uh, he hands it to uh, he hands it to Audrey. Uh, and he says, uh, I believe this is for all of you. Uh, if you'll excuse me for just a moment. Uh, over there, um, the police will probably identify his body sooner than later. I don't wish to insinuate anything, but we know Felix. It's Mr. Longton. I've, I've known Mr. Matthews for quite some time. All, all these are continuities have been so taken care of. Okay. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me for just a few moments, I'll be back in a moment. And he walks, walks out, uh, leaves you with the envelope. Stiff upper lip, Audrey. After all, we are British. Yes. So I slip off the ribbon. Um, is there a wax seal? Is it gummed? No, nope. it's just a just ribbon. Flip it open. Uh, you open it up. There's uh, some of uh, Felix's stationery and a letter. I told you that he expected something. From the desk of Felix Matthews. A bunch of things must have gone wrong if you're reading this. I know you must be real scared. I won't blame you if you wanted to head for home. Maybe if I was you, I'd want to make a flight out run for the first steamer heading west to the US. Right now, you're probably filled with all the doubts in the world, but I'm gonna tell you something, Wentworthians. God doesn't give people things he doesn't want them to use. And he gave you the touch. It's a power that you have inside you, down there where you keep your guts. It's all you to blast your way in and get back what they took from you. The world is out there just waiting for a miracle and they don't even know it. And if you fly your heart out, you can give them one. It's up to you. But if you decide to give up, don't bother reading any further. <laughs> Good. You decided to stick with it, didn't you? 
all right, first thing you've got to do is convince yourself that nothing can stop you. You've got to believe that the chatting wagon is like a suit of armor, an iron eagle that nothing can penetrate. Now listen close, kids. I left Belvedere specific instructions on what to provide you in case of my demise. You have my home, my armory, and my car. Details of our every move have been documented in the folder you will receive. Read the damn thing and believe it. The danger is real, and it's more to do with the supernatural than we ever would have thought. Don't waste time worrying about me. If you start thinking that way, you'll mess up. Just pretend that I'm in the chat and wagon with you, and we're still going in to knock the shit out of them together. Also, I want to remind you that we are all human, and humans make mistakes. I have made a ton of them. You may find things out about me that are rather dark, but that I'm sure you've suspected that all along. I have a lot of connections with not so pleasant people. But know this, I did what I had to do in order to survive, and I did what I could to protect you. Audrey, if you are still alive, I am really not sorry I broke into your house. See, we thought you might be one of the bad guys and we had to find out. Turns out you are okay, so no hard feelings. I lost too many friends at this escapade, so I guess it's time for me to rest. Good night, folks. See you on the other side, Felix. And Belvedere comes into the room with a, a hefty folder with all kinds of uh, documents and stuff from the very beginning of this whole thing. And it takes some time to, to look through them and research them, try and take my mind off those. Probably a couple of hours it would take you to go through them. So Belvedere, you uh, intend to stay on here? Uh, only for the next couple of hours, sir. We have already uh, made arrangements for myself and the staff to get to a place of safety, should anything take, take place, uh, such as this. Uh, don't worry about us. We're going to be well taken care of by uh, Mr. Matthew's uh, estate. And he's left uh, somehow in trust his car and this... Uh, this place to us to use? In, indeed, yes. And there is an armory, so um, here's the key, and he hands it to you. Um, uh, the door is uh, down the hallway to the left. Uh, it's a room I don't believe any of you have been in. Um, he was a bit of a collector. He must have had exceptionally good lawyers. Indeed. Um, well, uh, if you'll thank uh, Benson and um, Oak. Oak. Oak as well uh, for your bravery and assistance through all this. Um, I'm very sorry, sir. He was a good man. I do wish you'd stop calling me sir. Ma'am. <laughs> It's your very low voice. <laughs> it's the hairline, I think. Um, well, uh, I hope that your uh, travels um, are rewarding uh, and peaceful. Thank you, sir. 
good luck on ma'am. Um, good, good luck on this horrible venture you seem to have gotten yourselves wrapped into. Uh, before you slip away, since you seem to be a fellow with some experience in this regards, we're inheriting in trust these things, but do you think it's wise for us to greet the police here tonight and tell them that we have, or should we make ourselves scarce? Sometimes a frontal approach is the best way. You simply don't have any clue as to what's going on. You're simply waiting for Mr. Um, oh, yes. Matthews to return. Be on his way home. Quite. Yes, he sent us ahead. Said he had some business to do, which is something he did frequently. <laughs> they ask you why the car is in the thing. You say, well, he didn't use that car. He used his other car. <laughs> the one that's in the river. No, not that one. The other one that's in the... Okay. Well, thank you again very much, Belvedere. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And they go about doing what they're going to do. Basically, in the background, you'll see them. He'll inform the other staff, and they'll be upset, and they'll get their bags, and they'll they'll leave within a couple of hours. You'll probably still be reading that. All right. So now you have in your grasp basically all of the information that your previous characters would have known. Now, whether you completely believe it or not, except that it all sort of seems to fall into place. What are you going to do? Figure out how to make a pot of coffee, light some lamps, uh, and uh, see what I can learn about the Ugalos and what they can what can be done against them. All right. Um, why don't you do a uh, library role? That's a seventy. I only got a normal sixty three. That's good enough. Um, according to mythology, they are guardian spirits. Um, they are uh, vicious. They are uh, unstoppable and uh, no amount of distance or, or you can't protect yourself by being inside of a building. They can still get in. They seem to be composed partly of shadow, uh, but the gods created them for, uh, for being... Go, uh, the gods created them for, as to be guards. They're not so associated they, with a particular deity? Well, um, they are associated with... Uh, they have different names and different things, but uh, ultimately they're cats. So they're just the big cats. So Bast might have some control or Lam, uh, uh, Lamatsu. Right. So, so, Archer, you say that they have no vulnerability? I mean, everything. Even the Greek pantheon had vulnerabilities. To each other. I mean, keep in mind, Nineveh was sacked. 
612 BC, you know, we've, we're still only dealing with fragments of, you know, there might be something in the museum that will tell us a way to stop them, but nothing that's been translated and documented. Um, do an idea roll. All of us? Sure. You guys are all sitting there thinking about this. I failed. About three. Uh, if you pass, it occurs to you, I mean, maybe this is obvious, but it has to do with that, the eye of Lamatsu. That when Miss Lewis had it, somehow it gave her some power over cats. Now that Philip Church has it, it, it he's able to summon the Ugalos. Um, you also recall that in the Ritual of Ascension uh, that was written on Punchin's body, um, one of the things that he mentioned was missing, or, or that uh, Memes mentioned when was that the Ugalos are supposed to be there during the Ascension rites. And that's probably where his, where Punchin failed. So these things may be essential to the, uh, whatever's going on. Great. I wonder who, um, I recall that Felix got several daily papers. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to look at the obituaries and see if there's any hint about who Mr. Church was mourning. All right. Um, you look at uh, recent deaths, of course, in a place like London, there's probably quite a few. Um, Although a church would stand out, and I'm looking for somebody wealthy, I think. Well, there doesn't seem to be any churches. Um is there a Delgado? Uh, uh, there's not a Delgado. Um, probably the most sensational thing that you've read lately uh, in the thing that had anything to do with Croydon or Sutton was the murder of that family. Right. And that was also a vicious affair. Did it say how they were killed? It wasn't vague, but uh, I mean, it was it was pretty vague. But the father, the mother, the daughter were all killed. Yeah, and neighbors were distressed by they, th- yeah, what they, they saw being taken out and what they heard. Amelia Connett. Um, do a. Do a spot hidden. Ooh, not on. I got it. Well, I was uh, not Audrey. She's I looking through failed. the newspapers. Okay. Completely failed miserably. Right. But I am muttering. What would you want about Connet? Did Connet know church? He was in the Cat Fancers Club, right? That's how he got involved? Or would that come from Mr. Wayne? Conant and Wiggins. 
Amelia Enid and Alfred Connett. I'll do a luck roll. See if you find uh, an additional article. He's got a number of different newspapers. Aha, 20. That's a hard success. Okay. Um, most of them are sort of standardized obituaries. Um, what you usually find at the end of the obituary is the person is survived by. Right. Uh, and in this case, mom and father, uh, father, mother, and daughter are all killed. Uh, but one of them says uh, that Miss Amelia Connett was due to be married uh, uh, in a few weeks uh, and is survived by her fiance, Philip, Philip Church. Church. Um, and there's something in Felix notes about uh, a packet of letters that Mr. Wayne had. Uh, yes. What does that, are those from Miss Connett? Uh, no, they're all from uh, Miss Lewis. From Miss Lewis. Dear me. To think of that poor man having a relationship with that, um, that well, that woman that killed everyone indirectly. The, one of the last things Felix did was go back to see Mr. Wayne, but he came back saying he learned nothing. It's a pity. Hmm. So. Now, if you read through those letters, um, there's no other letters but the one. But you do, you, you don't see anything odd about Mrs. Lewis. She's obsessed with cats, but then so is Wayne. And, and she seems very distressed that Mr. Wayne has developed this phobia of cats. And in the letter in question, she mentions obtaining an artifact that she hoped would be able to cure him of his phobia. Um, but other than that, they seem like very nice letters. She was a big admirer of his art and talked mostly about cats. Speaking of cats, I hope the house lady remembered to put mine out. Um, as it's getting on. So, uh, Mr. Wayne lost what was left of his mind, became terrified of cats, perhaps because he witnessed something, given things we've seen. Lewis decided that if she got the eye of Lamatsu, that she could cure him of his cat phobia, developed a rapport with cats, but didn't figure something out. This church fellow managed to steal the eye How did that cause the death of the Connett family? Maybe Amelia didn't like cats and something happened to her and her kin, like what happened to... Um, Maybe it was Miss Lewis. 
One other thing that you get from the letters is that Miss Lewis despised Philip Church and that, that Philip Church had gone way out of his way to block her uh, getting the London Abyssinian cat recognized as its own breed. So they had actually split the society in half over their bickering and squabbling. On, on. It's curious how she once had the this uh, opal. Now she doesn't have it, but she still maintains control over cats. Patrick, do a listen poll. Ninety-nine. All right. You're upset, so you're not paying that close attention. Patrick, how many brandies is that now? Uh, six. Um, one of you notices uh, Belvedere and the others haven't quite left yet. Okay, they're they're just about to. Um, there are trunks bouncing down the servant stairs. Well, they don't have that much stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Belvedere, Belvedere and the others have gone out the front door to the car, whatever vehicle they have to take. Um, uh, Belvedere comes back inside and walks over to the, the four of you. And he says, um, uh, delivery boy just uh, handed me this envelope. Um, uh, it's addressed to, uh, Mr. Matthews and he hands it to Audrey. That's untimely. Do you recognize the, uh, well, I'd say origin? that the, uh, I'd say that the, uh, the, um, uh, stationery is, uh, very high quality. Hmm. No return address. Well, Belvedere, you want to stick around and see what's inside? Uh, I'd rather not, ma'am. Uh, I uh, I think that my ties here need to be severed immediately. Uh, I do apologize. Not at all. I think you're very strong. All right, and he walks away. He continues taking stuff out. Uh, the letter uh, looks like it's in a very fancy handwriting, uh, very upper class. Um, it says this. Oh, it's from that Delgado. Not surprising. It is rather nice paper. Mr. Matthews, I received your message and I am quite pleased you are willing to cooperate. However, I do not simply open my organization to anyone who asks. You are in a position to acquire one or more of the objects I desire for my collection. Therefore, as a show of faith, I should like you to obtain the Horn of Alu from its hiding place and deliver it to me at my residence. If you can prove yourself worthy, I may bestow upon you certain favors when I come into my true power as an immortal. I am not a patient man, and I do not like to be lied to. 
There are dire consequences for those who betray me. Prove yourself worthy and the rewards will follow. Aloysius Delgado. Well, either everyone is mad or um, there's quite a lot of foot. What, uh, remind me, what artifact he was in possession of? Did he have anything or is he just full of bluster and experience? You don't know for sure, but he definitely wants the Horn of Amu. Yes, to make himself immortal. You if find the world needed more of him. You find you in the notes all of the stuff that Reginald told uh, Felix. Right. That he believed he could become an immortal. Part of a group of them. Well, um, well do, Felix can't very well take him the horn. Do we know where the horn is? Yes. Do we have access to the horn? Yes. Why don't we inform the yard that Aloysius Delgado has is going to pick up the horn at a certain bridge underneath a certain bridge at a certain time and let the yard pick him and the horn up together, lock up Aloysius for life, get his house searched, and find anything else we need. We get the horn, we pretend we're Felix, we, we send correspondence to him, we leave it under the Washbury Bridge at sunset, let Aloysius pick it up, let the yard pick out the, him up with the horn in its possession, charge him with theft from the museum, theft of a national treasure, lock him away for life, have the yard search his house, find any other items that are there, and we can call this a day. The problem with that is, is A, a man of means won't just get thrown in the hooskow that easy. Number two, Having a he, did pressure, not, he did not steal the horn. The horn was put up for auction, so it is not actually stolen. There's another problem, which is that he's quite specific in this note. He says, you have to bring the horn to my home to prove yourself. He doesn't sound like he's remotely interested in having a secret meeting an exchange. He sounds like a fellow who's used to being in power. Yes, but he's got this in his mind that he's immortal or going to be immortal. But if he doesn't get the horn, he won't be. I, I don't trust dealing with this Delgado. Not at all. Nor do I. That's why I came up with that idea. Mm -hmm. I say the horn should be sunk in concrete. I, I'm, I, I would say just keep it in the bank for the time being. That's what I would do. Keep it away from, from anyone but us. Now, when you put the um, statue of Naboo in the safe deposit box, it didn't stop you from having terrible nightmares, but none of us are having nightmares so far. Perhaps, you know, Reginald or, or Mr. Gamontov for having some sort of nightmare in the afterlife, or perhaps we're temporarily free of that kind of curse. And as long as no one's suffering that we're aware of, there's no reason not to leave it at the bank rather than let it out to, except that it has to go to the museum where it belongs. Felix's notes tend to speculate that it had to do with proximity. And since nobody sleeps near the bank. It might only be troubling a few neighbors' dreams at fragment a night. 
Oh boy, trick-or-treaters. How adorable. I'll be right back. Let's take a two-minute break. You know, we were comparing our, we were analyzing the difficulty of intention here. Fuller knows that we can't make the temple happen again. Patrick and I still want to recreate the temple. Munden, where are you at? Other than shell shock. I'm, I'm, well, between the shell shock, I'm convinced that uh, there's enough stuff going on here that's odd and unusual that we shouldn't risk letting anything go. It seems like to, for that we have the cards right now by and large and we shouldn't enable people. We need to investigate further and, and uh, get a better idea of things. I mean, we're now getting a, be a, a more open picture with all the notes and stuff and it's showing us more and more that there is this threat here. And if the th there is truthfully a threat, we need to have that threat. Threat? I mean, how many members of this group have we lost? We've yeah, lost three exactly. members. At this point in time, you should not need any proof. You should know it that something all, is going on. We need to neutralize the threat before any kind of thought of, of returning items to the museum because uh, if, if you know, it's you know the museum's not not the place for those things to be. I mean, one half of the terrorist organization, the red the turban guys, were taken out. The other part of the terrorist organization is this this Aloysius guy. If you put him in jail, both sects of the people who have been stealing from the museum will be done, and we could open up the temple like plans without anybody else dying because it's all gangsters fighting over the rights to these these precious artifacts what was the name i can't remember what was the name of that doctor savaggio savaggio another we still have, I mean, he's still in the mix someplace too as far as we know and he has ties to the underground that explains even more killing well patrick you feel to appreciate mr albright's point is very good um this Delgado holds these lavish, decadent parties, has this you know, considerable quantity of antiquities in his home, and he's a rich, young thief, playboy he's that's going to be very hard to get the yard to do anything about. I mean, you must look at this in a modern way. It's 1926. He's a wealthy fellow. If he's connected like, uh, to the underground, and the, the criminal criminal element, like like what what Felix said, then then uh, then he can get out of anything. Just enough money, enough influence. We certainly can't count on a few bobbies to to take him out of the equation. Yeah, most to, likely to they actually be a threat to 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 the government. For most for likely they won't job. even. Most likely they won't even put him in cuffs. They're not going to put a man of high standing. In cuffs, unless, like, uh, you know, uh, Munden says, I mean, unless he's like anti government or something like that, he's got he'd, to be a have to go serious against, threat. He, he'd have to go against someone in, in parliament or, or one of the royal family. Um, Tom, when Reginald was shown Delgado's stash when he was mm -hmm. showing off. Nothing like a blue seal stood Nothing. out. No. 
so you know because the other equation is you know if he has nothing left to offer us why do we even care what he wants uh if we wanted to get into his home for some reason that would be a different matter i don't think he has anything we want but we have something he wants and if he is nefarious he will go to any length to get it so our lives are at risk Albright. Yeah. I, I have a question for you on this this note paper. It's, there's a note here about something that Mr. Gamatov mentioned about a a warlock. What's that about? Uh crow squeezing. More poppycock. Can we just crow stick squeezing. to the facts? Yes, uh we had to squeeze some crows for some crow juice for a spell. Crow juice? Hey, you had to be there. No, if you flip for through these spell? notes, I think you'll find the recipe. <laughs> yeah. You captured them in a park. How brutal. Where else are you going to go get crows? Well, and further, apparently you were effective in using crow. I mean, the blood of crows, you could say at least the blood of crows. I should also point out that when you look through the papers on Delgado, the man is clean as a whistle, which is the main reason why Felix suspected him all along of being the master, the, the, the Moriarty of the whole thing. He's very careful not to have anything pinned on him. Well, like I said, if he could, if he could take and come up with the money, then why didn't he beat us in the auction? I mean, I'm not that rich. Well, I, you know, I mean, I think the answer to that is that he only gave his cronies so much, not knowing that we were going to be ready to team, that you were going to be ready to team up fiscally against him. And he didn't want to go personally because he doesn't want to be seen buying these things. Although, honestly, if it's going to get him immortality, maybe he should not have been such a coward about it. I think that you might be better served by finding out how the family died work on that and then we can worry about Delgado later at this point in time it's not a rush well I'd lay even odds that if anybody ever died by house cat it was the Connett family the question is whether Mrs. Lewis did that intentionally or whether it was some kind of compulsion some sort of protective thing um, who among you spoke to the police earlier successfully? I know you've had a few conversations. It's a pity that the D Bellevue doctor isn't more involved because he seems like a very friendly chap. Well, we need to do something. I would suggest you go find out about the family because if I'm right, I believe that Mrs. Lewis had something to do with their demise. I think that's quite a reasonable supposition. Um, 
do we certainly, uh, we certainly don't believe church did it. Um, let's call it a, I guess we could call it a library roll because you're looking through Felix's papers. Library. Um, whoever's looking through them. Alrighty, I'll give it a shot. Ooh, yeah, hard. Okay. So if you, if you piece together the timeline of events as they took place, uh, Mr. Mountford, uh, uh, if if what you understand, uh, 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 let's go back farther. At some point, Mrs. Lewis had the eye. Uh, she lost it to Philip Church. Uh, Mr. Montford uh, apparently attempted to reacquire it and was incredibly injured. Uh, somebody from your group, in fact, called Mrs. Lewis, I believe it was Jan, and Mrs. Lewis became very distressed that Mr. Montford had been so injured. Later that evening, the Connett family was slaughtered. Getting back at, getting back at church. That's Short, what I would assume. Shortly after that, your group paid a visit to Mrs. Lewis and attacked her, at which point the cats retaliated. You then went to Mr. Church's house and, well, Felix confronted him and he was killed. So I say, I say we burned down both of the houses. After putting catnip bombs into them, we can make a little trebuchet and throw bunches of catnip in. Only the catnip should be on fire. Uh, wow. The only question I have is whether the eye could somehow be at the Connet residence instead of at churches. But since he has the guardian... Ugalos, it doesn't seem likely. It seems as though Lewis just attacked church indirectly through his fiancée. She doesn't sound like she was a vicious person in general, though. Murdering an entire family via feline. Uh, I don't... No, oh, never mind. Well, okay, do an idea roll. I'll just, I'll spell it out. Who? Plain and simple. I'll say Felix. Uh, I'll say Felix. Uh, I'll say Audrey. Twenty-six is uh, not quite a hard, or not quite extreme. All right, Mr. Lewis, Mr. Uh, Mr. Wayne uh, was ill. Uh, he somehow led Mrs. Lewis to believe that the eye of Lamatsu could cure him. So she had Mr. Montford, a security guard, swipe it from the museum. Okay. It was then in her possession and she seemed to gain some sort of abilities uh, over cats. 
But then at some point, and of course, she already had this terrible rivalry with Philip Church. They hate each other. Uh, Philip Church somehow then acquired the eye from her. And she tried to attack him, but found it impossible because he had the eye. So she sent her boyfriend, Mr. Montford, to try and reacquire the eye, at which point Philip Church summoned the Ugolos to attack Montford. Montford was hospitalized. Mrs. Lewis found out about it. She knew that she couldn't attack Church directly. So she attacked the family of the people that he loved. Um, she is now assuming that anything that happens is going to be Philip Church retaliating against her. Mm. And he also assumes that anything that happens is going to be Mrs. Lewis retaliating against him. But she's uh, still in the hospital, is she not? Yes, she is. But this is a war between the two of them. We could play them off against each other. But I have an interesting question. Are you ready? If the eye of Lamatsu allows you to control cats, what does the Horn of Alu do? Why is that an interesting question? He's not going to answer questions like that. <laughs> it's, it's a um, rhetoric question. Does it, yeah, does okay. It, but, does, does this horn not have some kind of large spirit animal connection? Hey, does it control elephants? <laughs> well, it, it appears to have been responsible for pinning that poor man onto a broken tree branch. Yes, quite. That's what I was getting at. Yes, but, you know, that was in concert with his and Reginald's trying to translate text from it. It's not as though we can just take the Horn of Lou over to Philip Church's house and toot through it and have the Ugalos run yes. away screaming, is it? Uh, what if possession of any of said artifacts neutralizes the power of any other artifact? In other words, if you're holding the horn, would you be immune to the effects of the eye? It seems wildly speculative and rather dangerous to experiment with. Well, yes, it is. But you have to, you have to confront church. I would rather confront, if it was me, I would rather confront church with said item, even if it doesn't work, than to go when you know you have nothing as a backup. Do you think the police would, would, would be bringing in Mr. Church here? Once again, a man of means is probably not going to go to jail unless there's solid evidence against him. Dead body on his lawn? Yeah, but they're going to look at the body and they're going to say it was an animal attack. Doesn't look like a knife stabbing. Even if it did, there's nothing, it's not as though they're going to knock on his door and he's going to answer with bloody claws or two knives stuck in his belt. He's going to 
politely ask the man explain that he's mourning the death of his fiance. So go, he has no idea who that man is. Go in the middle of the night, chuck a Molotov cocktail, run. He's gonna assume that it was Lewis retaliating and we could play them off of each other. Throw a what? A Molotov cocktail. Firebomb. Firebomb? Oh. That's, that's rather dreadful. Also, it does not seem like a very effective way to retrieve an ancient opal. No, you can damage it in the process. Well, all I can tell you is between the two of them, they've wiped out all my friends. Yes, it seems like cat fanciers are very dangerous people. Let them let them fight get Delgado and these two other psychos to kill each other. I can't believe I'm saying it, but screw them. They're all they're all a bunch of thieves and miscreants, and whether his record's clean or not, he's a jerk. He's a plain I'll say it, he's an arsehole. And let Dang. all three of them kill each other. Let's collect their goddamn, yes, Sergio, I said it, goddamn stuff that belongs to the museum and call this a night. They're immortals and cat monsters. Screw them. Let's pit them all against each other. Let them take out their little criminal organization. Let's plant clues against the others all over. Let them... Who cares if they shoot each other in the streets? I don't care. We've lost how many group members from the Wentworth Club? How many tens of thousands of dollars in museum funds? Let all these miscreants murder each other in the street for all I care. Walk in, pick up the pieces, and call it a day. You know, it's not a half bad idea. Let's no, assume not. let's assume that the eye of Lamatsu gives one power over cats. I would assume that to do that would either take some form of spell or time. If we sent Delgado to retrieve the opal, then he's got the opal which we need and yet he's not attuned it enough to control cats yet. So then we can get it from him. If he doesn't get it, and gets killed in the process, like um, Felix, then what do we lose? I don't think we should clue any of the three groups in on where anything actually is. Let's just send very rude and crude letters taunting each group to each other. Ah, ha, ha, look what I did. I killed your cat, or I killed your blah, 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 blah. And let them go at it. We sit back, eat popcorn, and watch. I don't know if it's that but easy, but the principle sounds solid, I would think. In fact, let's start with, oh, you're gonna make a you're gonna make a deal with Matthews. I just killed Matthews. And really get the ball rolling. Well, it's true that uh, Mr. Church is responsible for Mr. Matthews' death. And if Church gets 
killed or arrested, we can simply go into his house and retrieve any artifacts that are there. How do you propose that we indicate to Mr. Delgado, who obviously sent this uh, note by the Evening Post? Simple phone call like I did to the police. Ignore him. I'll put a rag over the phone, try and disguise my voice as best I can. You've been watching these uh, movies as well, Patrick. Well, I've been sitting here on my eighth brandy and reading all of Felix's notes, and I'm not willing to die for any of these artifacts. All of these guys seem to be willing to. Let's let them do it. If not, they're going to come for us. I'm not going to die. But why would Mr. Delgado, first of all, he seems to want the Horn of Alu, and I don't know that he cares about the opal. Even if he did care about the opal. Oh, no, but right. He, he wants the horn, and his only way to get it was through Felix. But why would Church brag to him that he'd killed him? Or why would, or why would Delgado believe any random person who phoned and said that that had happened? Well, all he has to do is look in tomorrow's paper and the body of such as uh, Felix Matthews would have been discovered in the newspaper by then. And why wouldn't he believe that? All right, he didn't communicate with us. He communicated with Felix. Right. But somebody in, then let's let him think there's somebody in his organization as a rat on top of it. Maybe he can kill some of his underlings too. They're all miscreants. Britain will be a better place for it. Well, I suppose there's a lot to be said about the company you keep because really, Patrick, you seem to have gone from being a curator to a gangster in just a matter of a few hours. Well, Perhaps if you'd seen friend. the creatures instead of men in cloaks, you'd be less practical about it and more awestruck. I admit I'm at a loss. I also can't imagine why the police haven't come yet. Maybe maybe Felix wasn't wearing an ID at all. Maybe he's in some, you know. But we've talked to the police, so they know who we are, so they would know who he is. Unless oh, I thought that was all anonymous. I, I made both calls to the police, and we I kept us out of it on both accounts. This is before you guys came into the picture. Early on, we all had direct contact with the police on right. multiple occasions. But they wouldn't, I mean, it's not like they photographed Felix Matthews or would be looking for us in his house. If, it's a question of whether they knew whose body it is. As soon as they knew whose body it was, I think they would come to his residence, but apparently they don't yet. That's all, that's all I can imagine. I don't know a great deal about dealing with the police happily. Identifying a body is not always so easy. No, if he wasn't carrying something. In fact, you know, he probably, as far as I know, he might have, um, what is that they do in the movies? He might have burnt his fingertips off with acid or something. A man with a dark past like that. Well, from this letter, it looks like Felix was going to make a deal with Delgado. Well, I mean, I, so he was pretending. What did 
Felix give you earlier today when he the incident? Oh, it's it's the it's the safety deposit box key and and the paperwork for at the bank. We're we're in charge of it again. I don't know whether he had it the whole time, whether he stole it from uh, Mr. Uh, Harcourt earlier, or or whether he got it out of Harcourt's apartment as soon as he walked in. He liked to keep his secrets, after all. You know, one of the times he ran off, he could have gone to the bank and and uh, you know made sure the horn was still there, or put in a diamond necklace, or replaced it with a who knows. I I barely knew the man. But he did seem rather eccentric. At any rate, um, the authorities haven't come. I don't think I'm wanting to spend the night in the dead man's house. Um, and I don't think we have anything like a way forward. All we know is that I will say, uh, Mr. Albright, um, I've always thought that your friend Cyrus seemed to be awfully unwise when he fired upon a poor elderly cat fancier, but now that I know that she had a family of four brutally killed, maybe it wasn't so wrong. It's a pity it was so costly for you and your friends. So you probably are getting tired. You're probably all a little drunk. Yeah. Um, as you said, you didn't want to stay in a dead man's house overnight. Um, so you're, I'm going to guess that you're probably all going to retire for the evening. Uh, who is going to keep the packet of information? Uh, on a related note, um, given that uh, Felix left his home and car to us and this information in trust did we each get a key is there one key did belvedere hand us something at the moment there's one key but uh i'll take it um before we leave he said something about an armory mm -hmm. yeah i would yes yeah, so uh, there's the keys right here if you want to look i i don't know how to fire a pea shooter Oh, neither do I, but... Down there on the left. I know a little bit about, about guns. I used to be a pretty good shot. Let's I'll take a look, look yeah. to see if the horn is there. Maybe he already retrieved the horn somehow. Let's, let's have a look. All right, so you go down the hall to the armory, and uh, it kind of surprises the hell out of you because it's it's really four or five large... Uh, cases with rifles and shotguns and and uh, handguns and and uh, quite a few you know quite a few of them I don't have a complete list but if there's something you need there's probably one in there. Oh, order. I and no horn. <laughs> all I know is point and shoot. I've shot a shotgun hunting with my father when I was a youth, but I think. If we have gangsters in the middle of a war or whatever the heck's going on, I'd rather have one by side my bed than not. Is there a bazooka? No. So basically, uh, all legal firearms. Well, I don't know what was legal and what wasn't in England in 19, 
20. Uh, no time guns or anything like that. No. Okay. I'll take a shotgun. I got a pistol already. A lot of stuff found its way back from the Great War. Yeah, nothing major. I mean, the weapons they would have at that time would be the infield rifle, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, being Britain, they're not going to have like heavy artillery, uh, automatic machine gun kind of things, I wouldn't think. No. You do guns under certain circumstances, but it'd be rarer than in the States. Uh, uh, if you guys are looking at the guns, you can do a spot hidden. Ooh, seven. Eight. Nope, I'm just admiring this one, uh, Mauser that has well, a Mauser in the. Those, those of you who passed, um, you now, I this might be anachronistic, but you do notice that the uh, that the serial numbers have been scratched out, so none of these guns can be traced. I wouldn't even imagine that there would be. I'm gonna pick up a couple extra pistols. Is there a, a little twenty-two? Maybe Audrey could keep in her her handbag. Sure, a Derringer. I suggest yeah. you all carry a pistol, not for defense. I'd I, uh, I'd like to make an idea roll, given that I have no, you know, since I have base uh, skills. Mm-hmm whether I feel like I'd be safer with or without such a thing. Okay. Go with a shotgun. We can do well, a, I yeah. can't take that in the cab on the way home. But I made a hard success for an idea. Do I think a little thing like this is going to, I'm going to just shoot myself in the foot or is it might be used, might it actually be useful? Well, I don't think that you would think you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. It's a, it's a gun. You point it and you pull the trigger. Fiddly bits, though, and you've got to load it. I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll take something, and one of the gentlemen can show me at the club tomorrow. Basically, Um, as to the folder, I feel as though Mister Munden or Mister Longton should take it, because Mister Albright, you know most of what's in it already, having been around. Whereas Mister Longton, in particular, I feel like might. Well, they persuaded. just never spoke up. They never spoke up. That's why I did. I'm oh, I understand. I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm wondering, Patrick, if you were to read more of this, I, I think I've mid, read more at the club than you have. And um, I think you might make a more informed decision if you have a greater idea of the history of what has been going on with these fellows. I, I didn't mean, mean to condescend. No, it's quite all right. I mean, I will read it, but it seems to be ramblings of people who are killing crows, for example, for juice. Like, it's, it's absurdity. But I will give it a once-over again. I apologize to anybody who believes they saw cats killing our good friend, but it was a traumatic incident. You're all a little bit out of your heads, and I, I forgive you. It's cool, you know. You You're have welcome to, to go knock on the door. I am absolutely, completely uninterested in anything but returning the items to the museum where they properly belong. Anything that's going on between people seeking immortality and worshiping some obscure cat god, and it's pure, utter rubbish. And it's all cover-up. It's probably code names 
for their 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 nefarious criminal activities. I, I truly want nothing to do with it. I will take a shotgun to sleep next to because if one of these miscreants breaks into my home, I will not bat an eyelash and pull the trigger because they will kill. Obviously, we saw it tonight with Felix. That's They're why you should also. That is why you should also take a couple of handguns. If if that, my, why not? I will grab a if handgun. If they're un, if they're untraceable, then that means when the cops come, the assailant will be armed, whether he was when he broke in or not. Well, I um yeah uh, <clears throat> yes um I kind of see where you're going with that, but uh, uh, um uh, yeah. You must admit, Patrick, that the the um. The Connett deaths and the Connett family's relationship with Mrs. Lewis and Mr. Church, and then what happened, as it's described to us at, at Lewis's house, there seems to be a certain similarity. And you've seen that you've seen that wounds on Mr. Albright. I mean, either you, you think he's part of the same criminal conspiracy, and he gave himself, you know, he mauled himself with a fork. So it's oh, I, I, I believe he was attacked by animals. That that's obvious, and so is that poor Jane woman. Magical? No. Feral? Rabbit? Yes. Um. Once I sober up in the morning, I'm gonna see if I could put out a couple phone calls to people I know in law enforcement, and see if I can get any other information on this deceased family. I have one more question here for Mr. Albright. Um, just all this stuff reading, reading about this. What's I'm having my head. My, maybe it's because of the, 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 the events of the evening, but I'm having a, who is behind all of this? I mean, who, who's wanting this to, to this, this whole thing about, about opening a door with the temple and, and, and stuff. What is what is this? All this business. I mean, we're talking about, you know, this this su supposed feud between cat people and stuff. But what's what's going on? Is is this Delgado? Is is Aloysius Delgado? This this person who's trying to. There are, there are so many hands in the cookie jar right now. I couldn't answer that. You've well, got multiple like groups. A tasty cookie jar. That's that's it's it's providing. All kind. Well, why? Why are we even going to the cookie jar? I, I, I don't just. I, well, a mortality is uh, quite an hefty price. Well, is this all about a, a, a quest for a some kind of occult quest for immortality? Well, if you if you look, uh, if, if I, Mister Munn, if you compare the note that uh, Delgado just sent to one of the earlier descriptions of the. Um, the the events after which the gate is opened. Yes. Um, there, you know, there's a, there's some kind of semi divine figure who benefits from the opening of the gate. Uh, Mr. Delgado seems to have very profound delusions of grandeur, uh, and I so, think so it's, it's his it's intention not to merely. That's my impression at this point. We don't know any more powerful figure, and he did indicate. In his letter to Mr. Matthews, that 
the more that he suggested immortality to Mr. Harcourt, that he expected to be a being of great power. Uh, and that's something that is promised in the ancient text, whether, you know, whether that's sane or not. It's that there'll be a great figure who rises up, something like that. I'll have to flip through it again to find it, or perhaps Mr. Longton will find it over before we meet tomorrow. But that there was a parallel of language there that I thought was suggestive. Well, would there not be some point that, well, Aloysius Delgado or, or whomever is really looking for, for, for this whole immortality in the temple sort of thing, would they not be going after the, the, uh, the, the, this opal that these, these cat people have been fighting over? Um, that's a good point. He seems focused on the horn. Uh, perhaps he and Mr. Church are some sort of joint operation. But you also have to consider this. He's coming to us about the horn because that's what we have. We don't know if he's in contact with Church or Miss Lewis about the, the opal. We only know the item he wants from us. Yes, and that he knows that we have had it or that your group has had it. So he might be specifically focusing on that direction. Do you know, Patrick, uh, I, really, I really have to call a cab shortly, but it strikes me that the best thing we can do at this point is to get a couple of craftsmen from downstairs that we trust enormously and make reproductions of these, each of these objects and, and replace the ones in the temple we can properly catalog and study everything out of sight. Uh, we can, and if we can generate an artificial horn of Alu, all the better. Um, because I think that the safest thing for everyone is that only a small number of us know where the real artifacts are. I agree with that. Um, so let's work on that in the morning. Otherwise, gentlemen, if you have nothing else, I'm going to um, find the telephone I, I closet. Need to, I need to go home. My, my, I, I need to go home. Phone for a taxi. Yes. Do you phone for a taxi 26? No idea. No clue. I don't know. Uh, Sykes can get you a taxi. Well, we're not at the club for it. Oh. Um, the and I love already gone. I love the fact that Sykes has a brother named Sykes and they both have 12 hour shifts. Maybe they're triplets and there's just always a Sykes. No, we're, we're all here. We're all pretty much in our cups. Let's just sleep here, leave on a sober head tomorrow. Maybe the cops will show up. Somebody should be here to speak with them. Get a we cab have, in the morning. Hey, yeah. Cabs in, in, the, in the daylight and all together. Um, I, I, I really don't feel comfortable sleeping in this house, Patrick. I think you must understand that. I've got a brand new brass lock. I've got a tiny gun, and I'm not taking anything of value out of the house. Uh, I'd really rather just get into a, into a cab. 
I'll go around the corner and find something before. Uh, if any, you know, if you'd like to walk me around the corner to make sure we're not following. Yeah, absolutely. Then if we're leaving, let's just leave, get in cabs and go. Sure, sure. I, I, I need to go get back home. Yeah, so I think we could all, I think we'll all sleep much more comfortably in our own beds. In fact, I'll foot the bill, jump in, take you to your house, make sure you go through your door, then I will get back in the cab and go to my place. I appreciate that, Patrick. All right. And they're all gunned down on the street. <laughs> um, all right. So you all leave for the evening. I would like you to all do spot hiddens. Oh, hell yeah, too. Standard success, 48. I I rolled a penalty die because he is very drunk and I failed. Okay. If you passed, I passed. Um, you get the distinct feeling that you are being watched by someone. It's late. People shouldn't be wandering around, but you have feel you can feel eyes on the back of your head, so to speak. Yeah, watched. Delgado. I'm going to the club. I may, I may just go with you there, Fuller. You're going to the club instead of home? Okay. Uh, All right. I've slept at the club so much, it's like home. Patrick, right. I, I'm, I, know, uh, I know you think I'm a little mad, but I'm sure someone's following this cab. That I can believe. Um, so let's, uh, let's, you know, drive, let's, let's do a little, um, uh, cab driver, uh, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm not very persuasive, but I'm very intimidating. It's late. My friend is drunk and I think, uh, my asshole ex-boyfriend is following us. Pardon the language. Um, so see if you can, you know, do a little funny driving and, and make sure that we're, we're alone. Right out. Um, so he suddenly bangs on the curb and goes down an, an alley and out another alley and starts driving rather crazily, but uh, perhaps that's effective. All right. In any case, at some point you get home. Uh, you all go to sleep. Uh, you all have rather restless sleeps, considering everything up. that's happened. <laughs> um. I guess do a luck roll. See if you wake up. <laughs> um, uh, next morning, uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to get together again? Are you? Let's do it this way. Before you get together, let's say it's about eight thirty in the morning. Uh, you've all gotten up. You've all had restless sleeps. And some of you probably get the morning paper. Um, I don't have a handout prepared for it, but uh, emblazoned on the front page is a big headline saying, a vicious murder took place in Sutton last night uh, in front of the home of Mr. Philip Church. Uh, Mr. Church, uh, has been arrested on suspicion of foul play 
uh, and he is currently being incarcerated. Um, uh, the unidentified man uh, in the front yard, uh, 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 apparently there were at least two tips that somebody was murdered, um, but uh, nobody can identify the person present. You should definitely go visit Church's house while he's in prison. Jail. Um, so, Fuller and Munden, do you also stay at the club? Uh, for the night, but I'd probably go back home and then come back to the club to like, clean up and check on affairs. I'm just, I'm thinking that the people who'd be likely to see the paper earliest were those who were at the club. I'd probably catch the paper on the, along the way. Uh, whereas Patrick might sleep in a little bit. And I feel like I'm less likely to get a paper at home being a woman living alone who works in a professional environment, I can just read it over coffee. Um, so I don't think I would know that before I got to the museum. Okay. Um, so Audrey, you're going to work at the museum? All right. And I'm looking um, forward to talking things over with Patrick. And I'm gonna leave the house pretty, um, suspiciously with my new little gadget in my bag. Okay. Um, Patrick, uh, you wake up a little late. Got a bit of a hangover. Uh, what do you want to do? Make some coffee, have a light breakfast if I could stomach anything and okay. then head, head into work. All right. So you head into work uh, Audrey, you're already there. Um, in part, you want to sort of throw yourself into work, but uh, it's very difficult to concentrate at the moment. Patrick rolls in a little later, not quite up to snuff as far as, you know, his hair, well, what's left of his hair. and uh, Carrying a golf bag slung over my shoulder. Golf bag? Yeah, I have the shotgun in there. Can you take that to the museum to work? Golf. All right, whatever. I figure people golf in London? Isn't that kind of a Scottish thing? Only the rich. <laughs> right, I think so you'd I be able to I think you'd be able to just walk in with a shotgun. Not in the British Museum. I mean, there's guards everywhere. But in a play you walking in with a golf bag that would probably not even be looked at twice. I wonder what if a curator. Not, I, I think yeah. it would be stared at by everyone. <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't know what bag you could carry in comfortably that wouldn't seem out of place. I don't think they're going to search a curator by any means, no matter what he carries in. But it might be not worth the bother. I do hope you have the folder yeah. full of every, you know, full of the case to date. Well, I would have my attache and it would be in there. Right. Um, so, uh, I'm sure I've asked somebody to tell me as soon as Mr. Longton shows up. Uh, and when they do, I'll bring him a cup of coffee or whatever passes for coffee in 26 London. 
Um, and it's obvious from his heavy lids and the condition that I last saw him in that he hasn't been reading the documentation, which is understandable. Uh, I've been trying to learn more about the Ugolos at the museum in the morning, but I assume that I have not learned anything else other than that they are, you know, yeah, s s servitor demons with lion heads. Right. Um, what are the odds that I've seen the paper? Maybe I see the paper when I get the coffee. Um, yeah, you'd see it when you get the coffee. Patrick, you may have read it over the breakfast at home. Right. So, uh, the good news is that uh, Philip Church isn't uh, chuckling in his kitchen this morning. And the bad news is that, you know, we didn't dream last night and Felix is dead and that no one knows who he is. And we have to make decisions about that sooner than later. Um, does everything seem the same to you as it did last night, or uh, has something changed? Uh, just a splitting headache. I... Right. Well, the coffee will help. Um, as much as I don't want to say it, we might need to go to this empty house now. I mean, I'm not even sure how we feel about I believe. And uh, the coroner, maybe, to identify the body. At some point, we should assist the police with that. I'm not sure how soon we want to tip our hand. Um, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to go down to my office and phone the club and see if uh, Mr. Albright and Munden know. We might all want to discuss how to, how to inform the authorities that we know who was killed. Well, I think the authorities would become secondary before, after we search the house. It's a pity that everyone know who's good at breaking into people's residences is deceased. Yep, you just read my mind. Well, let me see. Uh, let me see if the if the gentlemen are at the club, uh, and perhaps we can. You can recover a bit, and we can uh, ponder. All right. Uh, you phone the club, and you find out they are in fact there. Uh, I assume. Well, whoever whoever's whoever sights brings first. Have you seen the paper? Yes, I read the paper this morning. <sighs> so. Um, some things have gone more as we wished than, than others. Um, uh, why don't you, uh, should you, should we visit with the club or do you want to come to the museum so we can discuss how we should proceed? I will come there, but, uh, let me see if Munden is awake. I'm here. I'm on the other yeah, we're, We'll be down there shortly. Very good. Thank you. All right. All right. Longed in some more coffee. <laughs> Thank you. I had a scone. Um, 
than when they arrive. Uh, so um, do we, are we in agreement that we should see if we can enter church's house before we tell the authorities? I definitely think you guys should go and check out his house while he's in the Hooskow. You think that we should because we work for the museum and therefore have some possible standing? No, because you are part of our illustrious party. So what would you be doing while we're... Staying the hell away from that part of town. I am never going back as long as I live. Right. Honestly, that's um, uh, understandable. You don't have one of uh, Felix's, um, what you call them, the little tools that you use to break into a house? Well, I use a boot, but uh, I'm sure that Felix uh, had some kind of little something. Yes. Mr. Munden, you have something? I don't think we need to break in. No? No. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's jolly bloody obvious. Um, there is suspicion that, that there is a stolen artifact, is there not? Yes? We, we would still need to get authorities to let us gain access. Yes, exactly. That so we should say not let to... Let the authorities know. know that there is a tip that there is a stolen artifact there. We get permission to go there and the artifacts retrieved for the British Museum directly by agents of the British Museum. Possibly. Let me, let, before yes. I forget, let me make a phone call. I'll be right back. Yes. And I go over to this the This is a brilliant idea, is it not? It, it is. And then I go to make a call about the Cornet family. Unless, right. of, cor yeah, unless of course, the police decide that you must be escorted. Or if they decide that you must be involved somehow. That's why I was thinking. A, a, a tip. A tip. There's ah. a tip that, that there is a artifact there. And what is your position in the, the museum now? This is a curator, an assistant curator. So we're not, I mean, and we, and it's not like we couldn't take the security fellow with us. There's no reason not to bring I'm not worried about there being someone in the house. With church absent, I don't imagine that, I mean, he stole it from, from, um, from Mrs. Lewis, so it's stealable. It's not as though possessing it makes it, binds the Ugolos to you. It's stolen. We, we, we have a tip that there's a stolen artifact. It must be recovered. Uh, Patrick, see if you make that call about the Canets if you wish. Uh, and I'm going to speak to um, uh, what's his face in security about the idea that um, one of the stolen artifacts might be in the house where that fellow was murdered. Keep in mind one thing. If there was a stolen artifact in the house, we call that evidence. The police are going to take and keep it. Yeah, that's definitely a concern. I imagine, uh, you know, based too much on Agatha Christie novels and not enough on reality, that an institution like the British Museum who can say, this is an opal that was in our collection, 
can get, you know, it photographed. And it's, it's not even like, it's not even evidently connected to the murder, but it's a risk. But I'd like to get it under Trich's hands. And I'm secretly more concerned than Philip is. <laughs> just getting it out of his hands. All right, Patrick. Um, you go to the phone. You make the call to the uh, coroner's office. Um, the phone rings, Stanford. Uh, Benny Klein. Well, I was calling about the family first. I wasn't... Who are you calling about the family? I thought I had... Oh, all right. He was going to inquire about if he could find out anything about the Kinnett family and how they yeah. died. That was one of his plans from last night. Right. Right. The thing is, is that he has a friend in the coroner's office. Oh, okay. You could find out exactly how they died. I, I forgot who the connection was. That's why. Ah. Then he Klein. I, uh, Patrick, Patrick uh, uh, Longden. Oh, hey, Patrick. What's up? Oh, a lot of strange activities as of late. Um, it's a little off the wall, but I'm trying to find out anything about this Carnet family. The family. Oh, the, the family that was murdered the other night. Yeah. That's a weird one, my friend. Really weird. How did you hear about that? Well, I'm cool with this guy, right? Like, mm -hmm. we're, I, well, you know, between you, me, and the, the fly on the wall, uh, I think it's connected with the whole museum thing that's going on. Really? Yeah. That's odd. Um, quite honestly, we were a little baffled when, when the bodies arrived, what was left of them. I mean, all three of them were, were, it looked like they'd been very nearly picked clean of flesh. Uh, and there were tiny little gnaw marks all over their bones. Like cats did it. Well, yeah, about that size. I'm not sure that cats could do anything like that. That, that would be amazing. But um, uh, all the evidence seems to show that they were alive and well that day. It would take cats a month to eat that much meat. Unless you're talking about hundreds of cats. Um, anything else? Anything, any artifacts on their bodies? You know? No, there wasn't. No, their clothes were pretty much torn to shreds. Um, there was a lot of blood, a lot of uh, uh, big mass. Uh, but most of their internal organs, everything was eaten. It was now, quite was, gruesome. Was there another body brought in a few days prior to that that was very similar? Another body? Mm-hmm. A Yank? An American? I don't know anything about that. Anything else you could tell me about this? please, it would help. In fact, I might be able to do you a favor for this information. There was another body. Oh, there's something else I know. Another no. body? There was another body brought in last night, no? Stab wounds? Well, there's some, there, there, you know, there's lots of, of 
people injured and killed. I've got a number of bodies. I haven't gone through them yet this morning. It's still early. There's a John Doe that was brought in last night. Um, I can take a look. It was. His name is Felix Matthews. It's on the front cover of the paper today. Oh, you know this person? How how do you know know this person? Uh, Just I'm giving you that to help you ease your job a little. Uh, We'll get into it over a a nice brandy one day. Unfortunately, that family and him are all connected. Just hold on. Uh, What are the rest of you doing? Uh, again, I was going to see Chief of Security Yates about a oh, tip yeah. that I had that that newspaper article related to a stolen artifact. And he might know somebody in the force that can help us get in the house. All right. Um, uh, so you find uh, Ralph, uh, Mr. Yates. Uh, Ms. Smith Leicaster, what can I do for you? Good morning. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the, um, the gruesome story on the front page of the paper about the, uh, the, the fellow found... Um, the murder in, uh, in Sutton. Sutton. That's the one. Well, uh, you know the, the Wentfield, Wentworth fellows who've been running around here helping and confusing things? Mm-hmm. One of their friends, well, their friend, Mr. Wayne, who's in the madhouse... He had already mentioned to them several days ago uh, that this church fellow might be in possession of the stolen opal from the uh, from the temple, the Eye of Lamatsu. Ah, the Eye of Lamatsu. We had actually tried to phone him uh, and been and had no answer, and all of a sudden, someone ends up mutilated, and um, and I think that. Uh, if you know if if we can arrange um to have the uh yard get us into the building we might be able to find and recover one of the artifacts and it might help explain the uh gruesome murder my goodness um <clears throat> well uh, let me make some inquiries with the police and with uh, scotland yard i'll um, be in or i'll be in my office or in in longton's uh Thanks for not thinking me mad. Um, you know, this whole this whole project has been so peculiar. Yeah, well, you know, every time we get one of these projects with artifacts from other parts of the world, it's there's always some intrigue and uh, bizarreness to the whole thing, uh, rebuilding the temple and everything in the uh, the wing. Uh, uh, Interesting stuff, kind of creepy. Mm. Yes, well, especially with all the violence involved. Indeed. We'll get it built for you, don't worry. How's the refilling of the tunnel going? Um, I actually have no idea on that. Uh, I think they're making the city workers do that. Interesting. I'll feel safer when that's all wrapped up as well. Um, so I'll be available whenever you... Uh, and I'd love to, I, you know, I'd, I'd be, uh, both Patrick and I'd be more likely to identify the object, you know, firsthand. Of course. That were available. 
Um, uh, so Patrick. Meanwhile, um, Albright and Munden have gone through Patrick's office <laughs> and discovered his stash of pornography. Yes, but it's all pictures of old naked statues. Oh. Ankles. Ar archaeological pornography. Um, National Geographic. Patrick. Uh, Patrick, you are um, you're waiting on the phone. Eventually, uh, Benny comes back. Uh, he says, well, there, there is a body. Uh, it looks pretty mutilated, like it got hit by a car or something. Um, lots of slashing uh, lacerations. Uh, doesn't look like stabs. Uh, and we'll have to do a more, more thorough autopsy, but and you said this person is a Yank by the name of Felix Matthews? No, no, there was another body that was mutilated like the other, the poor unfortunate family. That would be a gang, but his body might not turn up. The other one would be Felix Matthews. He needs to have a good Christian burial. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm trying to get this straight. So you think there's a John Doe here? I know there's a John Doe. Brought in this morning. Well, how do you know all this? You know, remember we were talking over coffee a few weeks ago about the items missing from the museum? Oh, yeah? Well, there's some crime syndicate that is... You, you read about the tunneling underneath the museum, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was uh, some Iranian terrorist group. Yeah, and then there's a London-based terrorist group that was working the other edge of them. They were fighting each other. Wow, and, Patrick, you seem to be right... Like a detective or something now. Uh, unfortunately, I need to. The museum has tasked me with retrieving these artifacts. And well, I always do my job. Call me later on today, and I'll tell you what what's going on here. Keep this all between us. Obviously, people are dying over this information. All right, you got it. Click. I come back in. All right. You come back into the room. What do you do? Just relay what little I learned from that conversation. Let them know that hey, I need to call them back later this afternoon. Looks like the Connett family was ripped apart by cats. And I follow... Uh, and, uh, well, I think I've got Yates intrigued. Uh, at some point, it's going to come out that he knew the fellow who died on Church's lawn. But there might be so much or so little that people learn about Felix Matthews that it might not really make any difference. At any rate, hopefully he's going to be able to get us into the house to look for the artifact. Um, perhaps today. Just depends on his pull and his luck, I guess. All right. I think that's a good place to end it for this week. Um, you've got some things that you can do next time. Uh, rather than try to do those out now, it'll take too long. 
so our players included David Gassaway, Forge Pitch, Jason Melnichok, and Jerry Bryant, with myself as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck. Good game. Thank you.